again and thank you so much for listening. Uh, it's been quite an adventure this year. I've gone through quite a few things um, from every difficulty you can think of, uh, financial, emotional, technical. But I'm glad to say that hopefully with all of those to rest, this new year is going to be quite the doozy. I want to start off by announcing that this will be, unfortunately, the last episode of the Let's Be Honest podcast, but only because we're rebranding, which is a surprise to absolutely no one who's been watching me on Twitter because I pretty much changed up everything after I decided to make it. I just never made, gave an, an official uh, reason for this decision, which comes as a funny story, actually. Uh, it happened when... One day on Twitter, somebody had private messaged me and had congratulated me for such a splendid idea for a podcast that apparently had been presented for a contest to a podcast convention that I'd never heard of. And after doing some research, I realized, well, there were quite a few lesbianist podcasts out there. And it's, it's a bit embarrassing, really. When I started this, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And while lesbianist sounds amazing it's and vague i mean it, which was clearly what i wanted in the beginning was something just very vague and somewhere where i can have room to grow into uh clearly a lot of other people had the same idea and not to put down all the other lesbianist podcasts you continue to do you um i just i just feel like i'm no longer in that space anymore so i've thought about it and i really tried to figure out what it is i wanted to do with this podcast because starting out i had no idea I just, I just knew I wanted more in my life. I wanted, I wanted more lesbian content. I wanted to know more lesbians in the community. I wanted to get to know, you know, pretty much the ins and outs of the things that I had been deprived early on in my life. And I don't know, I've, I've made such an amazing discovery in this journey of starting this and just meeting all sorts of wonderful people and, you know, really opening up to not only the lesbian community, but just the lady-loving queer community as well, so. And I think this is the best time to really narrow down that focus and to really figure out what it is that I want. So for 2018, I can really work on that. And that's really, uh, so I've thought about it and I've, I've narrowed it down to quite a few things. And I just, early on in my life, I didn't know lesbians existed. I didn't know queers existed. I didn't know the LBGT, you know, in entirety existed, you know, much like many people in the world, because we live in such a heteronormative society that they don't tend to teach you those things. They don't want to teach it to children because they think it'll confuse them or they feel like it's an excuse, really. So let's go back many, 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 many years ago when I was a young teenager, probably early teens, maybe preteens. I sneak into the back room with my cousin who's watching some sort of teen soap opera. Now, I'm not usually one for teen dramas. In fact, at that time in my life, I wasn't for anything that was done by real-life people. I preferred cartoons strictly. And so I sat down and watched this with her because it was that or football at this time. And while watching these weird teen dramas, some sort of Degrassi spin-offs, um, there was this particular story that piqued my interest. And my memory is not very good, but something about the story really stuck with me. It was a story about a, about a girl in drama class, and her school was doing the play of Romeo and Juliet. And what do you know? She was pegged as Romeo. Throughout the episode, a lot of different things happened, but apparently 
she was having issues with the thought of kissing Juliet. Not because she was a girl and ew, other girls, but apparently she really liked Juliet. And so she struggled to memorize her lines. She struggled to get through the production and it really worried her for a long time. And being the young, naive person that I was, I didn't understand why she was so nervous. Like, yes, the it's terrifying, the idea of going in front of all of your peers and doing anything, really, let alone performing a play. And, you know, it wasn't really until the last scene where they're about to go on the put on the show and they're sitting there putting on each other's makeup and the girl playing Romeo leans in and then the girl playing Juliet leans in towards her and then Romeo goes in for a kiss. That boggled my mind. I was like, what? It was, it was, I don't know, like, it was like something clicked into place in my life. It was like the puzzle that I didn't know existed had finally come together and something was just, it was there. It was there in front of my face. I remember turning to her and saying, you can, girls can do that? And of course she didn't say anything. She just kind of shrugged and shushed me because the rest of the program was going on. And it turns out that Juliet wasn't really that into her. In fact, Juliet was pretty shocked by the whole thing, as my cousin probably was by me being all of a sudden very excited by the thought that two girls could be kissing, and that was okay. That that was a thing. Well, unfortunately, Juliet runs out of the room, and Romeo's feeling like shit, and then some other girl comes in who I don't even remember seeing her in the rest of the show, but they say a couple of cute lines to each other and then all of a sudden they're kissing and then well I guess Romeo gets his happily ever after with someone other than Juliet and honestly I couldn't remember the rest of the show and I don't think there was any more to that story but something about that clicked to me you didn't have to have a boyfriend you didn't have to like boys you didn't have to have your whole life circled around this idea that you have to be good enough for someone else to notice approach you and then you know, you start dating or something. And when I was younger, that was really all that people seemed to care about. And to know that there was more out there, and to know that there was something else that you could do than just wait for some boy to notice you and like you and whatever else came after that, was just, it was just a relief. Because I had never been interested in boys. I had never been interested in, well... I've never been interested in boys beyond being friends with them because being friends with girls was difficult for me back in the day. And for some reason, just just the knowledge that there was more out there, that there was more than one path in the world, which was the first time I felt like I actually belonged somewhere. Now, unfortunately, I won't know that feeling again for many, many years. In fact, even though I came to the realization that girls could kiss other girls, it wasn't until I became 20 and went into high college that I actually came out as a lesbian, that I actually accepted who I was and actually went down that path to actually discover what it is and who I was. And for many years before that, I dredged the feeling that I didn't belong anywhere. Now, it wasn't until I was in college that I even realized that a lesbian community existed. And while I had lived in a big town at the time, between work and college and all this other bullshit, I never really got to explore it very well. Being an older woman than I am now, and being in control of my own life, I feel the urge to reconnect with that community, that community that I never had before and never even knew existed, excuse me, until early, until my 20s. So, I think that's just kind of something I wanted to bring. Not necessarily that 
epiphany that there is another way of life, but just just to see other people's experiences, to know that there's not just one path in life, to know that there's different places you can go, that there's different journeys you can have. So I think maybe that's what I want to do. Maybe I just really want to connect. Maybe I just really want to find those in the lesbian community that really represent it, that really have stories to tell, have experiences, have words of wisdom to bring. And well, when you think about it, who best represents you than you? Long story short, I would like to introduce my new podcast, the Les Represent Podcast. So join us as we help others explore our community as we promote and boost and share cool stories, events, and projects. Let's get to know each other. Let's support each other. Help make our community as great as it can be. And what a better way off than to start a new year and a new podcast than with a brand new segment, one that I like to call Better Off Gay, a segment where we analyze media, books, TV, movies, etc., basically any form of entertainment, and basically interject some LBGT into its very bones for its overall betterment. Now granted, if you've seen me on Twitter, you've seen me raise hell up and down about how characters are supposedly gay or should be made gay, or even just little fantasies of uh, little queerlets in my head about, you know, what it could be like if those characters got together, and well... Really, who hasn't done that in their life at some point? But no, this is going to be an actual uh, critical thinking involved. Or it might just be me screaming into a mic about how things should have more gay in it. So I'm going to talk about one of the movies that I really enjoy, or at least the concept that I like thinking about every once in a while. And that's coming from the 2009 movie Timer. So Timer takes place in a world where science has evolved far enough that they're able to somehow find an algorithm that will find you your perfect soulmate. And it has become completely and utterly commercialized, so I feel like this must have been discovered in the United States, because capitalism. And what they do is that they would implant a little device on your wrist that has a timer that times down to the exact moment that your eyes meet with your supposed soulmate. Now the story follows a girl uh, by the name of Ona, because, wow, that's so special, um, that the problem with her timer is, is that her timer is blank, which is very rare. There are times when people get timers and the clock is completely zeroed out. There's times when people get timers and it shows that they won't meet their soulmate for like 50 plus years. Um, there's a lot of disasters, but it's not very often that someone gets a timer and it's completely blank which apparently means that the person that she's meant to be with either doesn't have a timer or died before they could get one. I found this movie not because I enjoy subjecting myself to just the basic uh, boy meets girl, boy falls in love with girl story, because eh, not really my cup of tea these days, because one of the actresses in it was actually in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, who played Anya, which is Emma Ford, uh, was in it, and I was super excited to see her again because, you know, I don't see a lot of the actresses from that other than Sarah Michelle Gellar, so I was really excited to see her. And, and while this movie has some problematic situations in it, it was such a fascinating concept. My mind was just overflowing with the ideas and possibilities of the drama that can come from a movie where essentially they've 
lock down who you're supposed to be in love with. And I really liked how the movie presented itself and how it presented the struggle of this girl who didn't know if her soulmate existed or not and had to go through life while everyone else was literally meeting their soulmates right and left around her and just how she went through this world. Now, the things I found interesting was the family dynamic in this movie. Her parents were divorced, which apparently in this time is not a very common thing. Because a lot of people, since they have timers, they don't run around and make the mistakes of being with people that they're not meant to be with. Which, talk about a lack of stories to tell. Um, her sister, her sister's timer said that she wasn't going to meet her soulmate till she was at least 54 years old. So she was ragingly bitter all the time, except she was classy and funny and, you know, those kind of girls that you like to hang out with in bars. In fact, she was a bartender, sexy bartender at that. And she also loved jumping guys who timers were about to run out and wanted to have that one last go around. Which, interesting perspective, and I'm glad with the lack of slut-shaming on that behalf. Meanwhile, her brother, who had just turned 16, was going to get his timer, which, why would you give a 16-year-old their timer? Like, talk about pressure. Um, he got his timer, and literally, his timer said that he was going to meet his soulmate within the next week, which caused both of his older sisters to lose their collective shits. Ugh, that's so unfortunate, meeting the person you're supposed to be with for the rest of your life at 16. And while any 16-year-old would be completely starstruck by the idea, I mean, you meet a lot of people and learn a lot of things from fooling around with people that you really shouldn't have. And it's just a sad thing in this world, you know, a lot of people missed out on that. This goes around the story of her and how she ends up meeting this boy. Now this boy, apparently, his timer is about to go off soon. So she thinks she's going to tear a page from her sister's book and have one last go around. Well, Mickey ends up liking her a lot. And while she continually tries to keep her distance from him because, dude, you're about to meet your soulmate and nobody wants that heartbreak, he reveals something special. Dun dun! His timer is fake. And he just uses that to get a little booty. Which, no surprise that men somehow still find a way around things, even though in this world you could have literally approached someone and said, hey, look, you know, let's just fool around because who knows when our soulmates are going to come around. Like, why, why, try, why, why do the long go-around? Why put so much effort into it? And where are you buying those fake timers? Because, man, those props look real. Anyway, so one thing I noticed throughout this movie, and I'm not going to give away this ending or even talk more about it because, I mean, it's a good movie regardless of its utter lack of homosexuality in general. In fact, that's the only bad part of the movie that I would bring up. In this world where literally science has completely explained love and been able to tap into its formula, there was not a single reference of anyone that wasn't heterosexual. All the advertising, all the, all the clues, everyone you saw around you, it was just heterosexuals as far as the eye could see. It was like the writers of this movie never even heard of gay people. Never even heard of trans people. Never even heard of people who were in polyamorous relationships. It was like, it was like some old white guy said, hey, this would be a great idea for a story, except, oh yes, only men and women can get together. In fact, now that I think about it, Please correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think I even saw any kinds of uh, interracial relationships either. Ugh. And it was just such 
a loss of potential. Like there could have been so many stories that could have been told within those lines. There could have been so many options. Granted, they did pick a bumpy, complicated story, but it's like, yeah, that's great if you're straight white people, but it was like, what else? Oh, scratch that. I'm correcting myself now. The younger brother and dun-dun, his soulmate, which turned out to be the housekeeper's daughter, who were stereotypically Hispanic. Unfortunate, but that was an interesting dynamic. And that they had an interesting, an interesting way that really added a little spice to the story. But taking that back, there could have been so many more interesting things they could have done with this. In a world where you could have met their soulmates, they could have, they could have projected what would have happened if somebody had timers with multiple numbers on them, which the timers weren't really built for that, but they could have done something cute to that effect. I mean, they could have gone through so many different stories. You could have made an entire series off of this concept and just talked about how messy love is, even when you have it down to an exact science. They could have shown me the police officer arresting someone and their timer going off just as soon as they meet eyes with someone before they shove them in the cop car. They could have, they could have given me the story of a highly conservative family whose their young son met eyes with the black boy across the street and ended up their timer going off then too. They could have, they could have given me the story of the professor on their first day of class having to shush her student into a sworn secrecy because she didn't want to lose her job because their timers went off the second she looked eyes at her. Hashtag Christina. No one's making that AU, but it would be amazing. There could have been a story about a, about a group of business partners who went to a convention together and all that everyone's timers went off at once and everybody was looking at each other because the noise is loud and nobody knew whose soulmates were whose. That would have been a story I would have loved to have seen. But as usual, everything was limited down to just white straight people finding love and one of them with their Hispanic housekeeper's daughter. But still, I will gladly brand that one as better off gay. There would have been so many options out there. There could have been so many stories to tell. There could have been so much juicy drama entertainment for everyone around. But I think I'm going to cut this one short, but I would love to know what you think about it. I would love to know if you've seen the movie and what your thoughts on it was. I still think it's a good movie and regardless of the limitations it has around there, I mean, it could make some, some pretty good fan fictions. You know, I'm actually hoping one day that somebody hears this and actually makes a TV show out of that because that could have been so good. Could have been so fascinating. Anyway, I think I've been watching too many soap operas, but ooh, that could be a great idea for a new soap opera. <laughs> it could literally be called When the Timer Runs Out. <laughs> let me know what you think about that and let me know about some ideas for segments that you think you would want to hear. Let me know your ideas for other movies or books or anything that you think should be put under that magnifying glass of whether we should brand it better off gay. Like if the story could really be enriched by the idea of, I don't know, adding something as realistic as gay people, you know? I mean, God, just so much wasted potential. Thanks so much for listening. I'm so excited for the new year. Happy New Year to everyone, by the way. We'll see you guys very soon.
people driving by drunk on golf carts. That is not what this podcast is about. Happy New Year's.